What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? What? That's how I feel. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we explore Christianity, theology, conferences, um, and incredibly awkward rides with Uber. (laughs) (laughs) I am one of your co-hosts, Josh Loftus. And I am your other resident co-host, Jack Berry. Jack, how are you doing, my friend? We sound we sound tired right now. Oh man, I don't know about tired. I feel like butter. <laughs> <laughs> now, are we talking? Are we talking easy spread? Are we talking like like, I'm talking, like you've left it out overnight and it's like right in the middle of being solid and melted? I'm talking like. Like what kind of butter? Carry gold butter. Oh, you're talking. You're talking. I'm talking like premium, like easy spread. I'm talking premium butter here, like All the right. stuff that everyone's grandma had in their fridge. Uh, I mean, kind of, but yeah. I mean, just feeling fantastic. Why? After. Why are you feeling like that, man? Um, just the the evening has gone well for us. Yes, it Let's has. Just say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a good evening. Um. We should probably explain a little bit of that because that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> the evening has gone <laughs> well for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> We're in Chicago. Yes, We're, we are. We are in Illinois. We uh, we hit up the SeaTac uh, airport, the mm-hmm. you know small, you know one one plane uh, airport this morning. Um, dude, what time did I get to your house? You got to my house. Uh, Today, as we record, because we're still in that same day, right. at around four forty in the morning. Dang! And you left what? At what time? You said three twenty. I left my place at yeah, like three, three thirty, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was early. Yeah. It was early, but we we got there, or, mm-hmm. or I should say, I got there, dropped my car off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ordered us an Uber. Mm-hmm. The Uber showed up. He was prompt, too. He was. He was. He was actually early. Yeah. He was 10, 10 15 minutes early, actually. Which should have been our first tip-off, that there was something off about this guy. M- maybe. I mean, he's he, Slightly. He's, he's, uh, he's stretching. He's reaching for uh, the, them five stars there. So. Oh, he is, which is, <laughs> I mean, which is normally fine. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, I'm fine with them, uh, fine with them going with the five stars. But, so we get in the car, and... Mm-hmm. And I'm not exaggerating. J- Jack can back me up. It took 15 seconds. Oh yeah, for this to dude have. to go full political, <laughs> like full political, like like not even hinting around the bush to see like where you're at to feel you out. Yeah, like he just went full on. He wa- he full. wanted. I feel like he wanted an answer. And oh, yeah. we were just like, I I think I said. Yeah, whatever. It's four a.m. in the morning. I don't really I know. care. <laughs> Something is, like you know, that. You know, believe it or not, at, at around four a.m. in the morning, the last, the, you know, one of the first things on my mind is actually the, you know, the state of politics in our country. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that was an interesting Uber ride. I'm glad we got there 
safe because he was he was going prop. I mean, he was in the HOV HOV lane, mm-hmm. and we were getting passed by yeah. the, the other lane. But then he, uh, I felt like he started um, trying to feel. Uh, I think around Kent. Yeah, right around the Kent area, he started to like pick up the pace. Start, started picking it up. Started and then picking it up. Just went uh, hyperspace there until the end of but the attack trip. But yeah, yeah. But then we get into the airport. We get through security, all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I told them to full full body search you. They didn't. I was really actually disappointed with that. But then, like you know, we get we're we're, we're sitting next to our gate, and in comes this lady, right? In comes this lady with. <laughs> Okay, let, let me paint the picture. I think I'm. I think since it was so early in the morning, I was oblivious to what to yeah, what had happened, and I was happening. just like, I don't know what's going on here. In comes this lady with two face masks. So she's got like the regular one underneath, and then she's got the cloth one over that, plus a face shield. So she's like, like COVID ain't touching her. She's got the hedge yeah. of protection up strong, right? And then she puts down this little carrying case, this little crate. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, that's an interesting looking crate. And inside the crate <laughs> is a circular, it looks like a burrito, but it's just all fabric. <laughs> like, it looks like an airbag went off in this little crate. <laughs> and in the direct middle of this crate is this snout, like, sticking out. Dude, it was a dog. <laughs> that dog was in case, that dog was not moving mummified if you will i thought it was dead at first like that literally dead and mummified it was a straight jacket kennel (laughs) for a dog and it was like a little like chihuahua like you know ankle biter Mm -hmm. so i understand why she feels like she needs to keep it contained but dude (sighs) yeah i don't like airports 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 to me are right under hospitals Airports are a weird amalgamation of people and different things. I mean, at one point in time, I think in our terminal, we had people riding skateboards. We did. Up and down the hallways. I mean. Yep. Yeah. It's It's a lot of fun. But anyway, we made it. Long story short. And, uh, you know, shout out to our friend Pat Aldridge, Mm -hmm. um, who actually has a cool, uh, like, comic and, like, uh, pop culture uh, podcast called The Geekly Planet. You guys should go check that out. It's pretty fun. Yep. Uh, but thanks to him for being uh, very, very hospitable, as he always is. Yes. Fed us some good food. Yes. Sat around the fire, had mm-hmm. some s'mores. Mm-hmm. He smoked his pipe. It smelled amazing. It was awesome. Yep. It was a great day. Great day. It was. But here we are, rounding out this incredible day. Yeah. Talking about patriarchy <laughs> and feminism. <laughs> you know, so re- real talk here. Jack and I... It's it is what is it? It's what time is it right now? It is currently nine nine forty two. Jack and I nine forty two p.m. Central Central is time. it Central time? Yeah. yeah. So okay. Jack and I almost didn't do this. We almost <laughs> got to the end of the day and we're like, man, I don't want to talk about this. But we said we finished the series and we're going to record some more here in Chicago. At least that's the plan. Yeah. So Jack, um, talking about uh, gender roles in the church. Right. And the importance of uh, both men and women serving in the church and why both those are important to do. We covered complementarianism and egalitarianism yep. last week. Kind of the, the, the two, I would say, more mainstream, main, excuse me, mainstream mm-hmm. camps that people will fall in. Um, today we're talking about the ditches. 
the, the fringe, the fringe groups, the fringes, the so ones. Yes, exactly. The ones on either side, uh, patriarchy and feminism. So or matriarchy. I th- yeah, either one. Sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Patriarchy yeah. or matriarchy. Sure. But I think. Yeah, but I feel yeah, like. Fine. But I feel like right now in our culture, it feels like the two, the two fringes are like you usually hear about are patriarchy and feminism right now. Uh, yeah, it's true. I think feminism is w- the wider. I think it's the term more widely used. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think I think it's fair, at least at the beginning, to to say at least at least with the way that our the main, at least with the way that our culture will define both of these. I don't think I I I can't speak for Jack, but I feel like I can. We're not on board with these. <laughs> yeah. These are these these are pretty uh, pretty pretty far out there, um, in terms of kind of how they view. Uh, the opposite sex and and how the two should be interacting with each other. Yeah. Um, which one? Which one do you want to take? For you know what? No, I feel like I robbed you, dude. We are we are in poor form today. Oh, why is that? Oh, the, the day. Oh, yes, the day today. The day today, yes. dude. I'm sorry. I feel like we we steamrolled this. I mean, this is what happens when we record this late. <laughs> That's true. Is it gets We're, you get a really informal episode. You kind of get us uh, half baked. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That's definitely not Wait, true that's right now. That's a different term. Uh, that yes. means something else. Uh, you were just talking about being butter. Uh, uh, yeah, butter. Butter. Um, butter. Well, there is, today there is, let's see, two, four, there's six technical Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, days. just pick one. Do you, would you like, let's, let's try to level this down to a, a two kind of. Okay. Would you All like right. a. A food kind of national day, or would you like a more historical national um, day? I feel like at this point, food. Food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Josh, happy National Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day. Good okay. Sir. Started off good. Took a hard <laughs> left. Hard you don't, left into You don't a like ditch. it? Dude, I'm not about raisins. Wow. Raisins are just sweet, dead flies. <laughs> That's all they are. Raisins are sweet, dead flies. I feel like raisins are like they could either make it or break it in some dishes. Let's they just always, be honest. They always break it. Do not always. put raisins in your potato salad, people. Uh, just yeah, don't that's odd. Do it. Don't put raisins in any type of salad. And then don't put raisins in your cookies. But I w- don't put raisins yeah. in your raisin bran. I, I I'm don't. gonna I'm gonna f- I, I actually like raisins in the raisin bran. I'll just throw that out there. They're a nice little addition there. All right. All right. Um, That's fine. But National uh, Cinnamon Raisin Bread Day. So cinnamon, yeah. I'm on board with two-thirds of that, the bread and the cinnamon. I like, I mean, I've had cinnamon raisin bread before. Toasted, had a nice little butter on it. Lightly (laughs) toasted. All nice right, all butt, right. Nice let's, little butt on it. Let's get some, uh, some butter. <laughs> I don't know how. Right, I don't know how we got Chicago dude, accents dude, from. Well, dude, 12, we're in Chicago for Doctrine hours. and Devotion yeah, Conference. Yeah. This is what happens. <laughs> all right, let's get back on track. Which, which one do we want to? Which one do we want to uh, uh, get in trouble for first? The patriarchy or Ooh. feminism? Uh, well, let's go feminism first because oh, so I was yeah. hoping we were going to get patriarchy out of the oh, way. Yeah. No, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, we'll all right. go feminism. All first. right, all right. Here we go. So feminism, yeah. So basically, it's uh, egalitarianism on steroids, right? Um, it's the basic belief that um, 
dude, I was all ready to talk about patriarchy. Why don't you take feminism? Okay. Go, yeah, take I would it, say, take it. okay, I would say feminism is a, a more, um, so it's going egalitarian. So like we talked about where, uh, kind of women are in the pastoral role, but then almost like we have to make women pastors right? because of so much oppression that's happened to us in the past and, uh, you know, uh, certain injustices have happened to us in the past, so we got to rewrite ourselves back in there. This is like the classic, I would say, um, script and narrative of our day where people have been, okay, justly... Uh, unjustly treated, but then they go as so far to okay, we got to overtake all this stuff now. Right, right. It's basically taking, taking it to eleven that that because something has happened to me in the past, I am now owed basically everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah. So feminism will will require and basically say no, no. You know, women in the church need to be elders, need to be pastors. Um, and it's because they have not been allowed to do so before because of a male-dominated, uh, you know, male-dominated church leadership, oppressive leadership in church, and because the Bible's sexist. Sure, yeah. You know, which is, I mean, that sounds flippant, but but those are the arguments. You know, they, yeah. will, they will claim that the Bible, you, you very often get, I would say in most cases, I can't, I, per, I can't think of a case where this isn't, where this isn't true, but in in the feministic worldview, uh, the Bible is not authoritative, mm-hmm. right? It's not something that is used as the barometer for right and wrong and how we should be conducting ourselves. Because with, at least in 2020 here, uh, again, you know, I think we need to make the distinction, 2020 feminism is yeah. very very different yes. from like the women's suffrage movement like back in the 20s and 30s right yeah. it, feminism has changed i think i think the uh the good thing to talk about when we talk about the fringe groups is yeah. uh just even talking about some equality going on so i think we talked about this within complementarianism and egalitarianism but equally we know that whatever men and women do within the church, whatever their ministry role is, that's equally uh, pleasing to God, right? Correct. So now we're looking at one group has to absolutely dominate the other group, which we would say, ah, that's a distortion of what we would say the biblical view of the Imago Dei is. This is even just going against what we believe in, which is complementarianism which we think that men and women can flourish within that. Obviously right. there's been some upsets within that, but sure. um, these groups are going to be like, you messed up, you done messed up. Now it's our turn to take over and just rule the day. Right. Right. So obviously in, again, in the context of 2020 with feminism, you get, you get a whole slew of things that are very, very unbiblical. Uh, you get, you know, um, uh, you get abortion being a sure. a human right. Uh, you know, you get uh, God uh, being defined as a woman um, because why not? You know, um, uh, and you know, just just a, a whole slew of issues that come when you start to view scripture and the roles that scripture lay out through the lens or through your your worldview. Mm-hmm. 
right? Which at the end of the day, you know, this entire series, any issues that we have in the church when it comes to gender roles and how men and women uh, interact with each other and interact with the church, any issues that prop, that that crop up there are because people are using a filter to read scripture with instead of allowing scripture to be the filter that they view everything through. Or they're reading scripture through the lens of a traumatic event that happened to sure. them. Sure. And they are completely going in a direction that I would say is not balanced and right. thought out to a certain extent. Right, right, right. So either way, at the, and I think this is an important exercise to look at too, and it's, it's a recurring theme I think throughout pretty much any issues you end up having in Christianity is the word of God for one reason or another uh, gets taken off of the throne mm-hmm. and, and, and it's, it, it, it ceases to be the barometer and the standard by which we live our lives. Yeah. Um, whether that's intentional, whether that's unintentional uh, every time we sin, we do that, right? We're not, we're not just pointing at individuals and being like, well, look, they don't care about the Bible, right? Yeah. Every time we sin, we are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're putting our own thoughts and our own desires above what scripture tells us to do, right? Mm-hmm. So you get you get feminism with that. And 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 I think there are I know egalitarianism is very widespread in the church. Um I think there are some denominations and some individual churches where feminism is there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as widespread in the church as yeah. as I think it is just culturally in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I know that recently you and I just uh, read an article where we talked about like I think it's the word patrinal. If I'm saying, I think that I think that was yeah. It and was one of those smart words that I don't remember. Uh, societies, yeah. and so we were talk. Uh, the author was talking about how uh, American uh, Christianity is more matrinal, meaning that you're kind of catering to women in a certain way. But you can also have kind of this complementarianism that's in the church, but still be matrinal. So what, like, they're talking about, like, in that, and this is just a bigger view of society, but it's, like, very focused on the bride versus focused on other uh, patrinal societies. It's focused on the groom. Sure. So uh, I think that author kind of nailed it when he said we're very patrinal. We're very uh, bride and win the woman kind of focused, so to say, mm. in a sense. Um and so that on crack, I would say, is uh, yeah, is is uh, feminism to its uttermost ends. Right, right, right. So yeah, yeah. I think you end up you end up getting a skewed view of the roles of men and women in the church when you begin to look at it through the lens of your own beliefs, your own experiences, or your own, you know, cultural. Uh, movements, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, whatever, you know, whatever, what have you. Um, and yeah, so, so feminism is definitely a, 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 an issue that I think we would say is unbiblical. Um, men and women's roles are different in scripture. They are equally valued, but there are ways that men and women complement each other. There are differences between men and women and one gender over the other, like feminism would say, is not uh, supreme or shouldn't be supreme. We weren't we weren't designed to have one gender more valued than the other, mm-hmm. right? And I think trying to seek after that is not able to be supported, yeah, through scripture, right? Yeah. So there's 
There's feminism. <laughs> uh, I'm scared about this one. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. I, I know. I, I know it too. I, I feel am, it in the in the pits of my stomach, too. bro. This one we are gonna out of because all this of, one is starting to seep into a lot dude, of our big spheres. time. Okay, so so patriarchy, right? Um, and again, we're talking in the context of 2020, mm-hmm. um, because yes, you could say, well. You know, Abraham was the patriarch of the of his family, and yes, that that's all true, right? But but we're talking about how patriarchy is defined and how it, I think, more importantly, works out in twenty twenty in the church today. Yeah, right. So and yeah, like like we were saying, this one I think de- definitely more than feminism, at least in the especially in reformed circles. Yeah, really starting to creep in. Mm-hmm. Um. And I will say it is, it is more prevalent in churches or denominations that adhere to a certain um, eschatological view. <laughs> now Don't I will preface around the issue, Josh. <laughs> I will not. I will preface the issues that uh, that come from this. Do not. I do not think that they make the theology of postmillennialism bad. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of postmillennialists that I love very much. Yeah, very I, true. I I personally don't agree with the theology mm-hmm. based on scripture. Yeah, not based on the issues that I think surround it. Just yeah. like Calvinism has issues surrounding mm-hmm. it. it, doesn't make Calvinism wrong. Yeah, it just means that there's some baggage that you gotta wade yeah. through. Um, yeah. as just it basically. It comes with the, it. It comes with the deal, right? Yeah. Um, so, patriarchy is this idea that uh, that 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 men um, have this certain view and responsibility given to them by God to be the patriarch or the quote unquote, and I'm I'm using specific language here that has and is commonly used. Okay. To be the lords or mm-hmm. kings, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. of their family and ergo in the church. Mm-hmm. In this view, um, and they won't admit this, but I think practically more than often, this is what happens. The contributions of women, the talents of women, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that the Lord has given women. Mm-hmm for the purpose of serving the family and serving the church are greatly hindered mm-hmm. and stifled mm-hmm. in this view. Be- or they're kind of fenced into a certain box, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because in this view, um, you know, the the woman's role is very, very specific. Mm-hmm. And the man's role is, uh, what do you say, <laughs> Everything else, <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, Everything. <laughs> I'm being so careful here because I want to be gracious. I, know, I want I to be gracious, but I, I feel like any way we approach this, we're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, basically, it makes it makes the men uh, the lords and kings of their castle, and the women sure. are there to serve the vision, if you will, mm-hmm. of what the man. Uh, what the man deems is right for his family, uh, yeah, and and that 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 bleeds into the church as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you there are some 
there are uh, some, I guarantee you, there's somebody <laughs> listening to this who's screaming at us right now. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Uh, and again, l- like I want to be clear. I'm not making this about post-millennialism. Yeah. I'm not. This yeah. is not about post-millennialism. I'm just saying it is a common baggage that goes with that particular worldview. There is a correlation that is happening. That yes. We're starting to see. There is. There is. So here's here's my issue with this. Mm-hmm. The heart of man is deceitful above all else. Mm-hmm. No one can understand it. Yeah. We as humans and we particularly, I think, as men, struggle with pride and arrogance, especially in reform culture. Yeah, absolutely. Because I do believe our theology is correct, mm-hmm. and that can often bring with it a heart of pride and arrogance. A, Again, puff, a puffing, if you sure, will. Sure, yes, yes, because of the theological prowess that we have. Again, not the theology's problem. Mm-hmm. That's our problem. Yeah. Um, and what can happen is the roles of men and women when you see in scripture that the men is to be the man is to be the head of the wife, mm-hmm. just as Christ is the head of the church. Yeah. And the roles of men in the church as the spiritual heads and the spiritual leaders, uh, given by Christ, those can be very easily abused mm-hmm. when the correct fences and I'll say um Biblical accountability is not set up. Correct, yeah. And then I would also say, too, just as within feminism there is a very focused view on women and women kind of being the central kind of focus in that kind of view, you also have patriarchy where it's like you can only, like you, it's like basically men are, are like kind of seen as almost and and this is just what I've seen and this is this is a viewpoint that I have but I've seen that through this um through this group men are the ones who are to be viewed as the leaders in any way possible meaning right. that I see so I would see scripture as saying no your elders are the ones placed over you and they are men, that doesn't mean that you're subservient to every man in the church. Right, right. Which which parts of patriarchy, I won't say all. Yeah. I won't say all. But but parts of patriarchy will take that view. Mm-hmm. That, you know, and I hate to call it a theological view, but it does stem from theology that I think is incorrectly applied. Mm-hmm. That every woman should be subordinate and submissive to every man. Yeah. Not just her own husband mm-hmm. or not just the elders of her church. Yeah. That because she is a woman, she is in the role of eternal subordination. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, which is not biblically supported. And I think this has also been, I think we talked about this previously within the complementarianism, egalitarianism, but I think patriarchy, when you say eternal subordination, I think patriarchy takes from some conversations about eternal subordination of the son. That's a very theological thing, meaning right. that the son was always subservient to the father in the in the Trinity, in right. the community of the Trinity. And it's taking that and applying it uh, also down into the church, even though I would say that 
like Josh is saying, I don't think every person who subscribes to patriarchy thinks this way, no. but there's definitely a view of that going on. Right, right. And then and then, you know, within within that vein, as it it, it does begin to punch out into how you view culture as well. Mm-hmm. Um within that vein of, you know, this this view of 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 patriarchy again, not all, but a growing number. Uh don't see the role, you know, even even in in just regular culture, not out, out, outside of the bounds of church. So mm-hmm. business, armed forces, whatever it yeah. is, they don't see women in leadership in any form as being biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, so women can't be CEOs, women can't be supervisors, women can't be in the armed forces. Anything that is deemed to be um, a masculine... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's late. A a, a masculine, um, a type of Christ. Sure, <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess, I guess, or or something, something that is reserved for for the man to do. Sure, they don't see that as something that is able to be applied to women. Yeah. So the problem with that, just like feminism, is with patriarchy, is that we. We go outside of the bounds of scripture in which we were in which we are to be interpreting scripture. Mm-hmm. We jump context. We throw context out, right? And we have to remember that scripture is our authority, and because it's our authority, we don't get to just take the biblical principles and apply them wherever we want. Mm-hmm. Right? Scripture creates the rules for where we apply these concepts. And the context is in the role of the family and the church. Mm-hmm. That is what it is, mm-hmm. right? So, in order, so to take the the man as the head of the wife, right, and that's talking specifically in marriage, to take that and to put that completely out into society and say, well, it's unbiblical for a woman to be a supervisor at a store, or it's unbiblical to have women CEOs. They ain't following that law, baby. You can't. You can't, <laughs> no, you can't do that. You, you, you just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, that is major. Made, that's horrible hermeneutics mm-hmm. to do that, right? But also in the context of church, you can't go beyond what Scripture says. Yeah, Scripture, I think intentionally, does not lay out specifics, like like step-by-step specifics of what the relationship between the husband and the wife looked like. Now we're giving we're given the concepts. The man is the head of the wife, yeah. just as Christ is the head of the church. The man is to she is to submit to her husband, and the man is to love his wife as Christ loves the church. Yeah. How did Christ love the church? Mm-hmm. By lording over the church? Mm. By being a tyrant? No. No. He sacrificed himself for the church. Mm-hmm. Right? He gave of himself for the church. He leads the church. He is our shepherd. But how does he do that? That often gets forgotten yeah. in the patriarchy conversation, I think. Yeah, plus uh, there's also kind of a, an underlying thing about uh, maybe manhood. Sure. And I think there is a big conversation going on amongst people who would fall into this camp, whether how extreme you take uh, kind of your your viewing of the camp or sighting of the camp, but there is a definite um, 
how shall I say this, a a need to kind of wage war against the culture. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. Um, because I, I think we both see this uh, as uh, within just even kind of our own reform circles that we run in, but uh, we're seeing just kind of people who fall in the patriarchy camp just slinging arrows and right. slinging everything they can downrange over at the feminists and the feminists coming back to them and it's just this kind of never-ending cycle. Yeah. And so uh, I do think that there is, I see this quite often where people, especially, like I said, men who subscribe to patriarchy in different forms, different varying degrees, uh, will start to uh, say something about manhood or something yeah. like that or doing certain things makes you a man or something like that. Sure. And let me just be honest about this. I, I don't think, and I, you brought this up, <laughs> I think, within the last week. But well, hold on. You're going to get me in trouble here. <laughs> what, are you, what are you about to say? Um, <laughs> was this in confidence? No. No, it was, I was on the sociables. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> so I don't think that just because you do a certain act that is attributive to most men, that doesn't necessarily make you a man or generally like makes up what it what manhood is. No. I think what you talked about, Josh, about concepts, about principles, those are what make up um manhood. Yeah. Um in a balanced view, like taking responsibility, like um uh, being sacrificial. Right. Uh, like owning up to certain things. And when that time comes, uh, you have to take the brunt of certain things. Right. I think those are principles and concepts that we can look at and say, okay, that's a little bit more balanced manhood than like if all my manhood is based on uh, is shooting guns and climbing <laughs> up mountains and doing all these things and kind of being an adrenaline junkie. Let me just tell you, like, <laughs> I would say half or more of our population in the United States, you're technically who are Christians who right. don't do that. You're saying that those guys aren't men. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's that's the problem when we take experiential things mm-hmm. and begin to turn them into some sort of virtue signaling. Yeah. Or some sort of like, well, because because I experienced this or because a majority of people experienced this, then let's just attribute this to the definition of manhood. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. Again, take it from someone who's done all those things, shooting, hiking, hunting. Like I've killed so many things in my life. <laughs> None of that made me a man. Yeah. None of that taught me how to lead my wife well. Yeah. None of that taught me how to be self-sacrificial in my home or to the people in my church. None of that taught me how to love my church and love my wife as Christ loves her. Mm-hmm. None of that did. None of that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and we live in a culture right now that will attribute and take those external things that aren't that aren't bad in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like shooting's fun, hiking's fun, hunting's fun. I think guys should probably know how to do those things. Yeah. That's cool. But if they don't it doesn't make them any less of a man mm-hmm. or any less able to lead their family like Christ wants them to. Yeah. And that's the frustration I have with this conversation is that so often it gets pointed toward the external things as proof or disproof of why or why not you're leading your family well. Mm-hmm. 
right? And we leave scripture. That's the problem with feminism. That's the problem with patriarchy. We leave scripture and we begin, begin to attribute uh, things to the definitions of men and women that aren't in the Bible. Well, I think, I th- and then I think we start waging war against things that necessarily we shouldn't be focused on waging war for, right? Right. So at that point, I don't think that we're uh, waging war against the principalities and authorities and things that are. Uh, I think that's just a spirit of the air kind of thing. No, at that point, we're just waging war about things of our culture we don't like. Yeah, or um, it is the is the two extremes Mm. uh, put on display, and you have to take a side. And if you don't take that side, then then you're not a man. You're a coward, or you chickened out, or you know whatever. You're canceled. I don't know something along those lines. Sure, sure, yeah. So. And again, this is this is the problem I think with those that would fall into the patriarchal viewpoint is they point to so many external things as what defines a man in the home and in the church. And what ends up happening is the relationship between man and wife mm-hmm. and men and women in the church gets severely damaged. Yeah. Severely damaged. Because when you have the emphasis put on just one party, the other party is going to suffer. Even if you mask it mm-hmm. in, and I use the word mask intentionally, you mask it in the the theological, uh, you know, the, the theological excuse of, well, that's just their given role. That's mm-hmm. what they're supposed to do, right? That It doesn't change the fact that that's unbiblical. Yeah, and it breeds a lot of... I think you and I have both seen this where it breeds a lot of pain and hurt and that turns into bitterness, that turns into despair, that turns into, well, then that's the majority, what the majority of Christianity is. Yeah. And then people start using that as an excuse to just say, well, deuces, I'm out of this. I'm out of the church. Sure. Whatever this Christianity thing is, I'm done. Game over. Right. And unfortunately, um, we've seen this within certain patriarchal groups where uh, they have hurt people. Uh, there isn't a a owning up to or a going to your sister in Christ and saying, "Hey, this is this was not good. This was sin." Yeah. Um, and I think man, I think manhood, uh, from a script uh, scripturally based view, would say. If you sin against a woman, like you got to own up to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> plain right. and simple. Right, and that goes across the board for both men and women. But I would say that yeah, I mean, people people have been hurt, um, and I would say that mostly you're seeing this, and it gives a very um, a tarnished. Sometimes tarnishes the gospel. To be quite honest, well, it does. I think I think what ends up happening, like for example. And we're already, we're already <laughs> long, so we can probably wrap this up. But I need a wife that understands that part of her role as my wife is calling me out on my crap. Mm-hmm. I need that. Yeah, I believe that is biblical, and I believe that is the way that God designed it. Mm-hmm. And that is not her stepping out of her role as as a submissive wife. Mm-hmm. That is her actually 
acting within her role mm-hmm. because she is submissive and called to be submissive to Christ first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And if she stands by and sees me sin without calling me out on it, yeah, that's wrong, mm-hmm. right? And the problem with patriarchy is it leaves very little room for that. Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but I would say a majority of the time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't create a relationship where the man and the wife are on equal footing and equal ground when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. And take it from a very messed up guy. <laughs> you need to be. Mm-hmm. You need to be. Men, if you are listening to this, whether you are married or not, your main source of accountability in your life will be your wife. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Mm-hmm. The church comes after. Your friends come after. Your bromances come after. Your wife is your main. She's on the front lines with you, mm-hmm. telling you to get your head down or telling you to, you know, you need to be engaging the enemy here because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's going to know you the best. Yeah. That is why your wife is there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> oh, did we do it? <laughs> All right, well, if you are still listening at this point, thank you. We love you. Yes, we do. Yeah, we really do. We appreciate you guys uh, hanging with us through this short series. Uh, The next step is going to be probably more fun. I think we're going to do some more recording here in Chicago. We might do just kind of a fun ep. Yeah. Um, Because there's places to see. There's places, there's things to do. There's deep dish pizza to eat. Oh, my gosh. Why are you not on the deep dish pizza train? What is wrong with you? I am my. my <laughs> You're like making Martin, this. I feel like Martin Luther right now. It's yeah. like for this, I will. Here, here I stand. <laughs> here I stand. I will. I will not subscribe to oh, this deep good. dish pizza. Gracious. Deep dish pizza speak. is heavenly. <laughs> it is so good, and we are in the land of deep dish. We're in the land of gangsters. We are in the land of deep dish pizza. <laughs> that is where we're at right now, and we have to. We have to engage in this. Join me. Join me. I, well, I, I will not engage in this, but if you want to engage with us on the sociables, please do. Uh, you can catch us on the Twinker, on the Facebook, on the Instagram, if you will, all mm-hmm. at uh, Reformatory Pod. Yep. And please also uh, try and help us out yeah. as well, too. Try and help us out on uh, Patreon. And become a patron and try and help us out uh, financially if you are able to. That would be very appreciated by both Josh and I. So, yeah. We did it. And we did it. All right. Well, we will catch you all on the next app of The Reformatory. The <laughs> Reformatory.